Thanks, Josh, and thanks, Rob, for reading. Happy Christmas. It's uh, wonderful to see so many uh, faces of our brothers and sisters in Christ, but also I want to say welcome to you if you're new with us. I'm one of the ministers here, Troy, along with Josh, uh, here at Bexley North. Now, we've just had two very striking uh, Bible readings read out. Both of these readings, they're from the Gospels uh, found in the Bible, these biographies, the life story of Jesus, and they tell that true story of the things he said and did and who he really is. Uh, But did you notice how between those two readings, well, there was a lot of differences. Uh, Both these passages, they talk about Jesus, the same man, the same man who walked the earth 2,000 years ago, But listen to how different they are. John 1 says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. But Luke 2, Then she gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him in snuggling cloth, and laid him in a feeding trough. Or John 1 again, All things were created through him, through Jesus, and apart from him, not one thing was created that has been created. But Luke 2, there was no room for them in the lodging place. Can you see the difference? On the one hand, John 1, Jesus is the creator, the glorious Lord of all. And in Luke 2, he is a humble, poor baby. Today, in all the festivity, we want to stop and reflect on this wonderful and maybe even confusing truth that though Jesus is the glorious Lord of all, He was born as a humble, poor baby. So let's think about this. Uh, Let's think about these two wildly different pictures of Jesus that we get in the Bible. And to do this, we're going to briefly look at the Christmas story in Luke that we just read out and dip into a few places. Now, for some of us, the Christmas story is very familiar, the Christmas story in the Bible. But for others, it may be the first time that you've ever heard it read out like that, like we did just then. But whether or not it's familiar to you or not, I wonder, did you notice the humble and poor circumstances that surround Jesus and his birth. Uh, Did you know first, for example, this is our first example, uh, did you know that those involved in the story, well, they're not important people. They're not well-known at all. They're not noteworthy. They're not young and hip. In fact, some of them are old and some of them are a bit strange. So we didn't read about all of these people, but if you read before and after the passage we just read out, where well, you would meet Zechariah and Elizabeth, the parents of John the Baptist, or you would meet Simeon and Anna in the temple later on, these people are humble, poor people. Well, think about the first people who come to visit Jesus. We saw it acted out before. Who is it? It was shepherds. Shepherds who stay out in the open field and look after stinky animals Those were the first people who came to see Jesus. Not celebrities, not kings, not rich people, shepherds. Or even closer to home, think about Jesus' parents. So have a look at Luke chapter 1, 48. It's up on the screen. This is talking about Mary. This is what she says about herself. She says, He, God, has looked with favor on the humble condition of his slave. Mary says, my condition is humble. My life is not flashy or spectacular. No one knows who I am. I'm not big on the social scene of the nation of Israel. I'm not rich and famous. Why should God choose me to carry his son, the Lord of all? 
And so you can see this baby boy who is the Lord of glory, he's surrounded by humble, poor people. Born even to a humble, poor woman. If we move on in the story, in Luke 2 that we read out just then, we find out about Mary and Joseph and their heritage. So have a look at Luke 2 verse 4 on your handout. It says that Mary and Joseph live in the town of Nazareth in Galilee. Now those two names, Nazareth, Galilee, they might sound famous to us, especially if we've read the Bible uh, a little bit. But then, back then, they were not important places. They were the middle of nowhere. They were, Nazareth and Galilee were right up in the north of the nation, really far away from the capital city down in Jerusalem. In John's Gospel, one of the first followers of Jesus hears that he's from Nazareth and says, Can anything good come out of Nazareth? Well, not only is he from Nazareth, we also learn that, he's, uh, in, uh, that Mary and Joseph hail from Bethlehem originally, uh, a tiny little village in Judea. Not rich, not big, not powerful. So what does this show us? It shows us again, this baby boy, remember who he is, he's the Lord of glory. He's born into this humble, poor heritage. He's from backwater Nazareth, tiny Bethlehem. His heritage is modest, it's insignificant. So we've seen, uh, we've seen how Jesus is surrounded by humble, poor people. We've seen how he has humble, poor heritage. What about his actual birth, the birth of Jesus? Surely when the Lord of glory, the one who made all things, is born into the world, he gets the best medical treatment. You know, his mum gets her own private room in a hospital with personal doctors and nurses, surely. But no, look at verse 7 of that Luke reading. It says, Then Mary gave birth to her firstborn son, and she wrapped him snugly in cloth and laid him in a feeding trough, because there was no room for them at the lodging place. No crowd of doctors or nurses mentioned. No one else is actually mentioned at all, not even family or friends. This is a lonely scene. See, there's no luxury, there's no fanfare, there's no fancy golden laced bed for Jesus to be laid in with shining aura around him. No, there's only a cradle that's a feeding trough made for livestock. Now this has led many to think uh, that Jesus was born in a stable with all the animals around, you know, the classic nativity scene. And that may have been the case, uh, but we're actually not sure what Luke means when he says there was no room for them at the lodging place. Was it a, a dirty stable, maybe a bit dirtier than this picture here, like this popular image? Or, or was it a poor household with next to no furniture and so all they had was a feeding trough? Or was it outdoors? next to an inn or somewhere just on the side of a building where animals were kept. Whatever the room or space that Jesus was first laid in, clearly the circumstances are humble and poor. Especially because he tells us there was no room for them. Was it simply that all the hotels, the lodging places were booked? Sorry, too late, no vacancy. Or was it that there was, no one, there was no room because no one would give them any room? Were Mary and Joseph so poor that they were outcast? 
Were they rejected by their family? Were they shunned because of their premarital pregnancy? Whatever it was, there was no room for them. And so in loneliness, the Lord of glory comes into the world. The royal family doesn't get treated with royal treatment. There's no pomp or prestige or or palace for this baby king to be born into. There's only poverty and obscurity. And so we can see, can't we, as we think about those three things, Jesus was born into humble, poor circumstances. The word of God become flesh. The Lord of glory, the creator of all things. That's what the scriptures tell us. That's who the scriptures say he is. He was surrounded by humble, poor people, born into humble, poor heritage, and even humble, poor circumstances. Clearly, our readings before, these two pictures of Jesus, they're at odds with one another, aren't they? John goes to great lengths to tell us who Jesus is. He's the word of God. He's the full and final revelation of God's very nature. In fact, he is God himself, God in the flesh, dwelling among us. He's the creator and glorious Lord over all. He's full of grace and truth. But then, Luke's gospel a defenseless baby, humble and poor. How do these pictures fit together? And why did God choose to do things like this, in this way? The Bible gives us plenty of reasons why that's the case, but the first and most important reason I want us to see just from one verse, from, one, from 2 Corinthians chapter 8. So it's printed there on your handout or it's up here on the screen for you. This is a wonderful and memorable summary of the gospel, the good news of Jesus. And it comes from the Apostle Paul. Here's what he says. He says, For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, for your sake he became poor, so that by his poverty you might become rich. What is he saying? He's saying that Jesus, who had all of heaven's riches, living for all eternity in the heavens, chose to become a man, chose to be born into poverty and humility. Why did he do that? For us, Paul says. For our sake. You see, although Jesus himself is God, the Lord of all, powerful beyond imagination, rich in glory, he chose to become poor. He chose to become a humble, poor man, a defenseless baby. He endured the poverty of humanity. He endured the poverty of dying on a cross. And he did all of this for us, for our sake, for you, as he lived the life we couldn't live, as he died the death we deserve, as he rose again to give us eternal life. Or in other words, he made himself poor lowered himself as low as he could so that we, so that you, might become rich. Spiritually rich, the scriptures say. Having every spiritual blessing through faith in Jesus. Forgiveness for sin against God. Restored to a right relationship with your creator. The experience of God's love day by day the hope and promise of eternal life free from suffering and mourning. 
and crying and pain. Those are just a few of the rich blessings that Jesus pours out on us as we turn to him as our Lord and Saviour. This is the good news of Christmas. The glorious Lord of all gave up his heavenly riches, made himself poor for us, so that by that poverty we might be, ra- might be made immeasurably rich. I don't know about you, but I think Christmas time is a time where you stop and are thankful for things and you kind of reflect on the year that's been. And I'm so thankful at Christmas time for food and family and, and music and gatherings. I'm sure you are as well. But we also kind of reflect on the year that's been and, and we think about what we're thankful for. For me, the biggest thing I'm thankful for this year is the birth of my son, Elijah. Uh, I'm just so thankful to God for him. The day he was born, I walked out of the hospital, had to go to the chemist, and they're like, oh, you know, hope you have a great day. And I'm like, I am having a great day. (laughs) My son was born today. But how much more thankful should I be for Jesus? Thankful even more for the birth of my son. How much more thanks and praise and glory should go to our God because Jesus, the Lord of all, humbled himself and was born as a humble baby for me. How much more thankful should I be for the spiritual blessings that I have through faith in Jesus, even over above any other good thing that God might give me? So I encourage you as you reflect on your year, thank God for the good things of the year by all means, but then thank him all the more for sending Jesus. Today, this Christmas and every day, let's fill our hearts and our mouths with thanks and praise to the God who has done this for us. And let's praise God to anyone who will listen because this glorious Lord of all was born into humble, poor circumstances. And why did he do this? For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, for your sake, He became poor, so that by his poverty, you might become rich. Amen.